Yeah, so you can't fight darkness with sticks. You need light. So the only eights are the only way to be able to harness thought is to putting positive thoughts in. Mm. <clears throat> See, that, that would work if we're only talking about the conscious mind. But what about subconscious thoughts? You have, everyone here has subconscious thoughts, whether they want to admit it or not. Subconscious that you're not aware of? You may not even be aware of what you're thinking. It's interesting that you say that. There's a or feeling. There's a famous idea in Chassidus. <clears throat> Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai, when he was on his deathbed. Uh-huh. Remember, Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai <clears throat> was the one that led the Jewish people at the most difficult time of their lives, of the history of the Jewish people, Churban Ba'asheni, destruction of the Second Temple. He was the Godel Ador, if you remember the Gemara Gitten, and the famous stories that we learn about in Tisha B'av. So Yochum ben Zakkai was the Godel Ador. So 40 years he learned, 40 years he taught, 40 years he led the Jewish people. And then on his deathbed he was crying. And his student said, what, what are you crying about? He said, There are two paths before me where I could potentially be brought after death, and I don't know where I'm going to be brought. Which means, so, so to speak, right? And so the question Chassidus asks is, how could Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai, right? Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai, that... Pull up over here, there's, there's room for that. Rabbi Yechim ben Zakkai, who was the leader of the Jewish people, Mamish, right? And he spends his whole life dedicated to Kodesh Baruch Hu. How could he be crying about Ez En Yodea Bezadoch Malichanoisi? Chesida says exactly what you just said. Because there's the subconscious and unconscious thoughts that you're totally not in your control, such as what comes out in dreams. Right. right? That's what the, so, and he was crying about that level of soul. But the point I'm trying to say to you is that to cry for that level of soul that we're not even conscious of, you have to be a tzaddik or a that that, mm. that that everything else is fixed. Now we have to worry about the subconscious. You know what I mean? It's, we're not held accountable for what's not in a biyodoy, what's not in our hand to right. fix. Right. But, um, yeah, thoughts are, th- thoughts are a terrible master but a terrific servant. So the question, what, what, what do you think changes the thoughts instead of being that terrible master that David Foster Wallace was talking about to a servant. What changes that? What do you think changes that? What, what, what decides whether the machshav is going to be toiva or not? We do. We do. And how do we decide that? We just change our thoughts. Exactly. That's I can't the say I can do it. Yeah, yeah. That's the var. Yeah. In other words, you can't fight darkness with sticks. You have to just add light. If I tell you not to think of a purple elephant, it's the first thing you're going to think about. Right? So we don't need to be told again and again what not to think about. We know what not to think about, but we have to put something instead. We have to put something positive. We have to learn how to harness the thoughts. Now, I mentioned to you that <clears throat> there's differences in different types of meditation, meditative practices. And let's say in, whereas in, in, let's say in Buddhism or in the Piazetzner's meditation known as the Hashkata, the quieting of the mind, there the focus is to try to have no thought. Mm-hmm which is possible after a long time of, of practicing meditation. The Piazetzner, his method of meditation is not no thought. It's harnessing the thought by having positive thoughts. <clears throat> and I just want to mention that it's very interesting because this Mahalach of the Piazetzner in, 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 in one way is extremely similar to Tanya, to the Chabad uh, uh, approach. 
the Alter Rebbe in Tanya, the, the whole crux of the Indian of being a Benini, of being able to be to that intermediate person of Benini that the Alter Rebbe wants you to get to. So the whole way that he, he explains that, the whole way that he says how to get there, is by exactly moyach shalat al-halev, that the mind overcomes the heart. The mind not overcomes, better said, rules over the heart. And so, and that means the altar, the whole method in Tanya is meditative, which is why it's called Chabad, right? Chachma bina das, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And what's the, that the Chabad should be focused on Kedusha and, and so to speak, you get included in that holy idea, that the idea of Elokus, that godly idea you're thinking of, like we said last week from the Baal Shem Tov or the Buddha, both, both of them said it, that wherever your thoughts are, that's where you are. So you get lost in this thought of Elokus, and that's how you get out of the darkness, because your thoughts are with hope. So the Piazetzner in that way is also similar. He's also saying that by training the Machshav in a positive way, that's how you get rid of the negativity, as we'll see. But the difference is that he doesn't speak some of the Piazetzner's meditation is not intellectual, not, not analytic like the Chabad meditation, which is like I mentioned last week, to think ideas of God. Mm-hmm. The Piazetzner instead is much more imaginative. He uses much more the idea of the imaginative faculty, as we'll see. Okay, um, yeah, let me give the page a bit, sorry. Um, there's not enough, so we'll share. Okay, um, I, do, I didn't bring, I forgot to bring, oops. I forgot to bring the first page from last week, unfortunately, because I wanted to, uh, you only have from the, from the, three, four, five, yeah, I didn't bring the pages from last week, okay, um, so that means you don't have, you don't have uh, the, the chapter one, the goal of this group, right, you don't have that page? So I'm gonna have to, huh? Yeah, one. That's not gonna do good. Just one copy. I, 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 I had two batches of papers to bring. I forgot it. Okay, I'm sorry. But maybe it's better that way. Sometimes it's better just to hear it. You know, if, even if you can't see it inside. Because I want to read this again. We stopped at, towards the end of this of the goal of this group. The the where the Piazetzner says Hamatara, the where we're heading. We stopped before the end. We had another couple of lines to read, but I want to start from the beginning again, because you have to read this many times. You know, it's not, it's not just, it's not just that it's the first chapter of the book. It's really saying what the what the nakud is, what he wants to bring about. So we we learned the last week. Let's learn it again. So the goal of our group, our goal is not new. It is no different from the goal and hope of every Jew. Now, the Fizetsu is saying right away, we're not, we're not looking for chidushim. We're not looking to do something that's completely out of the ordinary. We're not looking, you know, this isn't uh, the Freemasons, or it's one of, the, you know, one of those cult-like societies. That it's not a, you know, uh, it, it's what every Jew wants. It's what, the, what a Jew is supposed to want. And what every Jew bepnimius does want. Every Jew's soul does want that. <clears throat> Our desire and goal is to serve Hashem our God, the God of Avim, the God of Yitzhak, and the God of Yaakov. <clears throat> we seek a wholehearted service. Now because if you just say our goal is to serve Hashem, so we could all close the book and go home and we're all from Jews, right? Uh, we keep Hashem Shabbos, we keep Kashus, we're serving Hashem. 
Why, why do we need to learn this book to understand what it means to serve Hashem? So that's what he clarifies in the next sentence. We seek a wholehearted service, a complete service, that utilizes all the limbs of our body and spirit. Right? All the limbs of the body and spirit. You know, one of the ideas of, of, um, of Torah is that all of our organs are involved in serving Hashem. There's a Sefer, you ever heard of Sefer Charedim? Sefer Charedim? By Belazar Azkari, the author of the Yedid Nefesh. So everyone knows him as the author of the Yedid Nefesh, but the, his Sefer Charedim, especially chapter 66, is very beautiful. He has whole meditations there. Um, but what's the, the beginning, at least the main, probably one of the main parts of Sefer Charedim, is that, you know, there are different ways that the, those that count, what are the 613 mitzvahs? There are different ways that they count them. Like, for instance, um, the Rambam, when he lists the 613 mitzvahs, he doesn't list them in the order they appear in the Torah. He lists them in a, chrono- in a logical order. Emun is the first mitzvah, even though it's in Parshas Yisro. Second mitzvah is Achdus Hashem, even though it's Vaz Chanon. Right? Avenir, Talmud Torah, he mamish lists them in a logical order, in a logical sequence. Sefer HaChinuch, which is also one of those that lists all the mitzvahs, he lists the mitzvahs according to the Parsha. He splits them up according to which parsha it is. The Sefer Charedim splits up all the mitzvahs by limbs. <laughs> it's fascinating. These are the mitzvahs that you do with your hands. These are the mitzvahs you do with your feet, with your nose, with your tongue, with your eyes, with your ears. Imamish goes through all the limbs. And that's, you know, that's an idea that, that uh, on the one hand, we're like, we're, we believe in God as being completely transcendent, but we also believe that we want to bring God into this world, onto our body. And that's when you serve Hashem with all your limbs. But what the Pizetsu is saying, he's going a step further. He's saying a complete service that utilizes all the limbs of our body and spirit. Not just the body, but to use all the limbs of the spirit. All the limbs of our spirit. What do you think he means by that? All the limbs of our spirit. That all the limbs, that the, the service of Hashem utilizes all the limbs of our body and spirit so that not one sinew of our body nor one spark of our spirit will, ex- what we already said last week, this is a bad translation. He says, He will not go out of the holiness of Hashem that hovers upon us and encompasses us. So what, is the, what do you think he means to, to, to utilize all the limbs of the spirit? Different faculties of the of the personality of intellect, emotion, spirit. Different. Um, Your inner human, world. You know exactly. Right. In other words, though the aspects of one's spirit. In other words, not just to go through the motions. Your personality. The, your personality, right? Your inner world, that, to bring God into that. <laughs> yeah, you remind me. There's uh, the famous story that Samach, one of the Samach Tzedek's sons. I remember which one he used to always daven be'echidus. He never done dominion. So they asked him this big thing daven tefila b'tzibur. So he said, "I gather the ten faculties of my soul, and we have a minion." <laughs> so I mean, that's you know, kids ask your local Orthodox rabbi if that works, but you know, but um, yeah. So it means to serve God with your inner world, and and so on one hand, Tanya talks about how important it is. Like the Haredim is saying that all the limbs, the actual physical limbs, you bring the light of God onto your actual physical limbs. Right? A hand that puts on tefillin, every time you put on tefillin, it's not the same hand anymore. Something changes in the hand every time you put on tefillin, every time you do a mitzvah, you put staka, something is happening. As the altar explains in Tanya, how the, the physical body becomes an actual chariot for our in self, for the infinite light of God. But 
That's what? Oh, so right, that's the famous verse from Simcha Bunim Peshischa. He said that he loved sukkah. It's the only mitzvah you do with your boots, like with, with all of you, including your boots, right? Um, I don't know. I don't remember what he says, uh, mitzvah sukkah. If you say mitzad lamdas, it's probably mitzvah ba'achila. But I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Anyone? Oh, because yeah, because because serving Hashem with the with the body, even though that's a very big thing, so that's that's what we would just call being from. But you could go through the motions and not serve God with the inner world, and of course that's one of the main things that Hasidus, just like Musar, by the by in the Litvish world, Hasidus spoke about the need to bring God in your inner world. That 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 the spirit should be completely serving Hashem also, right? And that's that's what we want. That's. That's why, like I said last week, that Rabbi Shulman translated this, this book as experiencing the divine. We want to bring the divine in our inner world. We don't want to... That's what he goes on to say. He says that not sinew of our body nor one spark of our spirit will extend, will go out of the holiness of Hashem that hovers upon us and encompasses us. Which I mentioned last week is Sayyid of Kulam and the Mamali Kulam and the light of God that fills the world, the infinite light of God that transcends the world. And therefore we pray, our Father, compassionate Father, have mercy on us. Awaken within our heart a spark of desire and awareness. In Hebrew he says, Nitzitz rotzen vedas. Interesting. Nitzitz rotzen vedas, a spark of desire and awareness. So that we will know that it is not enough to be like a mere slave, the son of a maidservant. It is true that he also serves the king, but he works behind the millstones, far from the king. He doesn't hear the king's words, nor does he ever experience any satisfaction or pleasure from the king's radiance. Instead, he serves the king with a closed mind and a dulled heart. So saying, Hashem, we daven out Hashem. And you see, I mentioned last week that the Piazetzner, the way he writes, wrote, is so different than all the way rabbinical books until now. Imamish gets so emotional. He gets so like... Graphic, you know, he talks straight to the to the puppet. you know, you feel what he's saying to you, and so, and therefore we we pray right away. You know, he he writes what what he doesn't write what you should pray. What we pray, We right away he goes into a prayer. He says, "Father, have have mercy on us, that we should have in our heart a spark of desire and awareness." Rotzen vedas. He translates as desire and awareness. What's the idea of Ratzin and Das? What's the idea of desire and awareness? You need two things to be able to engage. Remember we said before, how do you, how do you train thought? How do you master thought? How do you turn it into a servant? By thinking positive things. So you need Das, right? You need awareness to be able to, to serve Hashem in this way. But he's saying you also need desire, Ratzin. You have to want to. Because that's how... That's what, remember I said, what, what decides whether you're thinking the, 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 the mind is a master or slave, so Evan said, you do. What does it mean you? You is your will, right? Your will, that you want to. One second, you want, your will is the deepest part of the soul that we could tap into. And, and that means in simple English, what you want is what's going to be the most successful, right? Yeah, Rav So the Safariya, which you sent out, yeah. Translates like we say in every day. What's what's when we say There, das means kipshuta means uh, under you know no. knowledge. Yeah. So, well, how do you know that's not what he means? 
No, I think it is. Das, das it means... It's knowledge, not awareness. How would you translate it? Oh, he translated it as awareness. Yeah. That's not what we're saying, that's right. Yeah, so, so over here, he's not talking about... How, he translated it as knowledge in Sepharia. Yeah, like we do every day. So no, no, right. Times a day. But, so, but the idea over here, he's, it's, it's, it's um, implicit within the way that he speaks about Das throughout the book. I don't remember if he, right now if he, if he speaks about it explicitly, but Das doesn't just mean knowledge when we speak about Aveda Pnimis. You know, in Tanya, in chapter 3, famously, the Alter Rebbe says that, that Das, what's Das? Das is, mila, it's you know, is Chabrus, like, right? And man knew his wife Eve, and then she gave birth to Seth. Right? Anyone, anyone used to watch Night Court? No, I'm a night court. What was the the, the oh, tall bailiff's oh, name? Bull. So he once he said that that guy said to me to be, he said to me be fruitful and multiply, but not in those words. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so uh, um, what was that? I lost my train of thought again. Wow. Das. das. So over here, he, he's he's uh, um, the Alter Rebbe says that man knew his wife Eve means a connection means a deep connection, a iskashros. So das, throughout this in Tanya and Chassidus Chabad and here, das means awareness. It means where your, where your mind is, where your mind is connected to. That's das. That's the kavana they haven't No, because over there, the words, the well, also, well, also that. I wouldn't say not that, <laughs> but, but over the there, many, yeah. It, it, the, the, yeah, it means all the different explanations of what das is. You know? Because, yeah, sometimes das is just used as knowledge. Kisiv seichayin yishmeru das, right? That's das means knowledge over there, means halacha, anachanami. But over here he means more of an, a focus, a, the mind focused. And he says that, that the servant, the servant child also serves the king, but he works behind millstone. Tell me what the nimshal is over here. Tell me what, what it, he also serves the king, but he works behind the millstones far from the king. He doesn't hear the king's words, nor does he ever experience any satisfaction or pleasure from the king's radiance. What do you think that means vis-a-vis us? When you serve Hashem and you never enjoy it, you never feel Hashem. You never feel that feeling that you're actually in God's presence. You're talking to a wall. It's talking like, to like, a wall, right. Uh, they say that's why Hassan goes, before he gets married, he goes to the Kotel to learn how to talk to the wall, right. Um, <laughs> right, so he doesn't hear the king's words, nor does he ever experience any satisfaction or pleasure from the king's radiance. Instead, he serves the king with a closed mind and adult heart. And that's literally the, the, first, the first few generations of Chassidus stress this completely, that all of Chassidus is about coming to Hashem with a heart, with a soul with the insides of who one is, right? That's, that's what this book is about. Our desire and longing is to be among those who are called the children of Hashem, your God, so that in our service of God, whether in learning Torah, Tefillah, or Mitzvahs, we feel our closeness to God. And again, how, how do we come to feel our closeness to God? How do we come to feel what, what decides that? It's up to us, Right? It's up to us to feel a closeness to God. It's up to us where our mind is. That's, that's the deciding factor. You know, I don't need to tell you, Stam, um, even with people that you love, there's different percentage of how much uh, tzumat lev, in, in Israel they call it tzumi, attention you give when they're talking to you. True or false? People then you love, close to you in your family, when they're talking to you, 
There are differences of how much percentage is actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes it's 80%, 100%, sometimes it's 5%. Right? You're just nodding your head. So that means that right now you're not paying attention. You're not, you're not focusing on that person. But real love, more love comes from attention. That's how one gets to love somebody more, by paying attention to them. And that's ultimately what Shema Yisrael is saying. Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad. Shema Yisrael, here, go deep into the idea of Hashem Echad, of the unity of God, and thereby, you'll love God. You feel God based on the attention that you give to God. It's all based on attention. Love is built from... I actually quoted it to this Peshav's morning from Mary Oliver, that love is built from attentiveness. That the soul is built from attentiveness. That the soul is built from the attention it gets. And, and if the person you love, there's differences of how much you give attention, so too with Hashem. There are differences we all know how much attention one gives. He says, We wish to be like the son rejoicing to greet his father after an absence of years and after having suffered in his great yearnings for his father. When we serve God, we should also feel our soul racing to greet its father, our soul that has yearned for him all day and all night. Now it races and, and dissolves as it is poured into the bosom of its father in heaven. But, that the idea is that, that we should feel that when we do a mitzvah, when we daven, we're hugging Hashem. That's what he means. That the, 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 the dissolving, the melting of the soul, as you become one, as you dissolve into Hashem, which is what happens when you daven and when you learn, when you do mitzvahs. That's what's happening. But to feel it is based on attention, on awareness, on thought, to actually be thinking about Hashem. Maybe the mashal of a, a son who hasn't seen his father in a long time, right? That's how they scrub, the emotion is supposed to be, right? Yeah. So, but then what about the next time? Do you pretend the last time you have that emotion and you re-embrace, so to speak, with Hashem, with the real, so it's like you haven't seen him in a long time yet, you know what I mean? How do you keep that feeling going without thinking that you didn't really achieve it beforehand? So, so the idea, it's a very good question. But you can't do that actively. What, you can't do what actively? You're, everything you're saying by thinking positive thoughts is like, like actively trying to do that, like you're physically trying to do that. An emotion of seeing a father, not of not seeing a father after not seeing him for a long time, that just comes out. Right. That's not something that you have to sit and say, "Oh, let me see how I can do that." Exactly. In other words, you have to conjure up the emotion. So, in other words, he's saying he's saying what the goal of how much emotion there should be, as if a child that hasn't right. seen his That's father in that long. Special. That's the threshold. That's like ultimately, that's what real tzaddikim were like that. They're like every t- that's the love that they had, right? So that's ultimately what we should be aiming for. You know, one of the things that's important as we learn this book, I'll tell you very honestly. Um, anyone here ever used to watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Of course. Right? What was his name? Robin Leach? Yeah, yeah Robin, Robin Leach. Robin Leach, yeah. Robin Leach right? Jackson, right? Yeah, yeah. He was English. <laughs> <laughs> that, makes that's sense. why. Makes sense. So here's the question. I used to also watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. So here's the question. It's very voyeuristic. Is it? I mean, yeah. You, know, you didn't watch it? Not really, no. <laughs> okay. But you aspire to, to live that lifestyle. So oh, here's the, here's the like, Hakiri. Living vicariously. Here's the Shaila. Is it that you're living vicariously? Is that the Vart? Well, I think so. No, no, no. I, I appreciate <laughs> it at home. Oh, 
I didn't think Curiosity, I was going to. Yeah. You didn't. You, you didn't. And you didn't want to live a. You didn't aspire to that. Yeah. You just. Quite honestly, I was already living in a big house, so I didn't really <laughs> aspire to anything. But. Uh, I was just appreciating the nice homes. In other really words, nice. right? In other words, sometimes it's not necessarily. Sometimes it's it's dispassionate, and sometimes it's more invested. Correct, and and it depends. Like I said, I guess different people watch it for different reasons. But there's also such a thing as like a harchavas hadas that comes from seeing such a thing, yeah. such a thing yeah. that is way beyond your means, right? There's like like sort of like what Schopenhauer said about about art that it, it lifts you up from your regular being. So. When you see wealth, when you see that kind of lifestyle, yeah. so you, it's almost like you're pretending. That's the sugi and brachas, no? What? Dir Noah. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah, and and Right, so it, and so, but there, the chur is talking about your house, that your house. Right. But I think there's also right. in a voyeuristic any, any, way yeah. right. that you know that when nice when you thing. see something yeah. beyond you. It makes it. It does expand the consciousness sometimes, right? And so that's why Hasidus very often talks about levels that seem like they're completely unaccessible. Mm-hmm. It's a very important idea to keep in mind when you learn Hasidus. Sometimes you know you want it's some of these levels, like like you said, Yitzi. What am I? I'm going to always have this love like a father that had to, to, to be able to. I forgot your name. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ben, like Ben said, that you have to reproduce, you have to reproduce every day that kind of emotion. So you know, you hear that, you're like, how am I ever going to be shy to something like that? And the answer is, you might not. But that's what we have to a we have to be aspiring to because it's important for me to point out in what way this is not like lifestyles in the rich and famous. What way is it not like it's like something when you voyeuristically see the avoid of tzaddi when you meditate on the avoid of tzaddikim? That's really where you are, Bats. Oh, number one, because it's, it's really it registers subconscious. Exactly, it is. It's not. It's not. It might be subconscious of your of your of your regular being, but your soul is 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 having that. Your your soul, right? And Tani speaks about chapter thirty one. He says that don't let the sadness and the sad state of your animal soul and and body dampen the joy of the godly soul that is literally becoming one with God every time it does a mitzvah. Right? So it is, number one, it's not like life says the rich and famous because that's where your soul really is, that your soul is really experiencing that. Right? The object of your, of your engagement, of your meditation is elokus. Is godliness, and therefore it's something... Just the, the gashmias of, of right? lifestyles of the rich and famous. Right. And ultimately, we're all going to get there. You know, when if not in this time, when Mashiach comes, we'll all get there at some point. So let's continue. So that's what I'm just saying. Have that in mind, even if if it sounds like unattainable. So first of all, give him a chance, because when you go through this book, I think it'll be a lot more attainable than you think. Maybe not as at to this level, but and not only at times of prayer and other service should we feel close to God and take pleasure from the radiance of His glory. May be blessed. Rather, our thought should always be so clear, strong, and connected to Him, to His holiness, that it can overwhelm our senses. Now, it's not just by davening, but the whole day. I mentioned last week that the Piazetzner says, you can't just be a Jew by davening. The way you're by davening depends on how it is the rest of the day. So that the whole day God should be part of our thought. Right Now, obviously, He doesn't mean that you can't think about your business and you can't think about... You know other people, but God is somehow at the in in your consciousness throughout the day. That's something that we have to talk about. Like, so how do you do that? You know, how do how do you go to throughout your business and still think of God? So Rav Nachman has a very interesting age. Rav Nachman Abrasov in the Kutim Maran. I, I 
we learned this once together, Nachman says that you have to meditate that even when Goyim talk, Elokus is in their words. That Elokus is even in the words of Goyim. And he says, what's the Raya? He brings a beautiful Raya, remember? He says, the, the word for tefillin that we know, how do you know that you have four boxes in the, in the tefillin shal rosh? Totafot. What's totafot? So the Gemara says, Tat Pat It's two languages, non-Jewish languages, making up the word from where we learn tefillin, which is the ultimate connection to Hashem. So Nachman says, meditate that even in the Shprach, even in the language of non-Jews, is elokus. Anyway, so that, that's he's going to talk about this. Africa, yeah. What about Americans? <laughs> American <laughs> yeah, maybe it's different. Everything changed after 1969. What? What does overcome our senses? Oh, that's what I was about to get to. So, <clears throat> so it's not just by davening, but throughout the day, somehow, that our thoughts should be so strong that it can. Now, I mentioned last week, I don't like this translation, overwhelm our senses. Shanuchalit gaber al chushenu. Overcome our senses. Lit gaber al chushenu. Right, Lidgaber doesn't mean to, to overwhelm. Overwhelm has a certain connotation, right? No, but I think over, overwhelm is probably better than overcome. Because overwhelm is probably easier to, easier to attain than over, overcoming. Because it's as if you're asking, let's go scale Mount Everest. But it's very hard to do. But overwhelming the senses, senses if you can somehow do that, then it's somehow you're dealing with it on a subconscious level. Uh-huh. So it might actually be easier to overwhelm the senses if, right, I, I didn't read the rest of the o- book. But also, overcoming the senses suggests that the senses no longer have a role in this experience, whereas overcoming the senses, it spills over that the senses are overwhelmed by the godliness of your connection, but they're also harnessed. The emotions are harnessed in this experience of godliness, it's not just that they're nullified, but that they're that they're harnessed for the purpose of that experience of Kaddish Baruch. Well, so yeah, the emotions are part of it. It's right. not Scott it's not the negation not. of the emotions. Right. It's the Elevation. overwhelm. Yes, right. So the question is, that's right. And now let's ask. Let's just take a step back for a second. Why do we need to overcome or overwhelm our senses? So he's going to say that in the next sentence, but. But the, the idea of, over, well, let's just define it. What does it mean to overcome or overwhelm the senses? It means that your thoughts are so strong that, that it could override your senses. And I'm sure you've all had that at some point. You've all been lost in thought to the extent that you didn't hear somebody talking. It happens a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me My too. wife tells me that. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. So, and, so, and that means that you're so lost in thought, you're so thinking about it, that you don't, you know, you don't see something, you don't hear something. We understand what that means. To, but what, why do we need to overwhelm our senses? So the easy thing is to say, if we don't read further, we would say, oh, because our senses cause us to do a virus. Right, that's, not, yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the simple, simplistic, you know, uh, uh, Pac-Man Judaism type of... Of idea that just because our senses cause you to see, right? Like the Gemara says that the two agents of sin are the eyes and the heart, that the eye sees and the heart desires, and, and then the limbs follow through, right? So, oh, so we don't sin, but that's not what he's going to say. Look what he says. Then our senses will be unable to confuse our thoughts and turn them astray and tell us that, quote, this world you see is everything, 
And this physicality that you sense is everything. You're seeing a world, you're feeling the physical, right? Your senses are saying to you that what's real? A table is real, right? If I were to say to you, what time is it? Uh, another few minutes. If I were to say to you, an intellectual idea, is an intellectual idea an, an existence? Is there an existence of an intellectual idea? Yeah, I think so. obviously. I mean, the fact that one plus one equals two. Even if there was no human being alive thinking about it, one plus one would still equal two. Right? Mm-hmm. You, your, your mind is able to see the idea, just like you know, a tree exists in Africa, even if nobody saw it. But when you have eyes, then you could see it. So the intellectual idea exists. But if I were to say to you, what's more real, an intellectual idea or this table? What's more real? Which is more of an existence, an intellectual idea or this table? The idea. You say idea, you say table. Why do you say table? It's physically right in front of you. Okay, and why do you say it? Because the physical can, can break down, it's not permanent, it's not durable the way an idea is. Right. An idea words, is eternal. Idea is not limited to a physical object or, or physical space. <coughs> so it has, it has more reality, it has more. So, but you're both essence. right. Yeah, it depends, depends what perspective. Exactly. It depends what the perspective is. That's, that's what he means, what your senses tell you. Aristotle it, said one thing and Plato said, Aristotle would say that the physical is more real and right. Plato said so the, the, the idea. The supernal realms are more ideal. Right. Rambam, Rambam, maybe. Yeah, that's how you could connect it to their idea of the physical with the, when they speak about lust and love, the future. Um, so the, in Chesidus, your perspective is that the world was created yesh ma'ayin. The world was created something from nothing. Your perspective, what Chassidus says, is to meditate that the world was created ayin miyesh. That really, the, the real yesh is the spiritual world, the spiritual existence. Right? This is ayin. The physical is ayin. There's really nothingness. Because what your senses tell you about the world is not real. Our senses lie to us because the world is nothing other than God's light. When you stick a, a, a put a, a piece of wood like in a river, you'll you'll think that it's bent. This is, these are examples that philosophers, I think Plato even uses this as an example to show that, that the, the senses, the can't senses be are misleading. On. They're they're not really to be relied upon. Right. Whereas the idea, the, the the idea of something, the form of something is is more durable, is more real. Right. And 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 so here he's talking about the thoughts that that you're thinking should be more catch you more than your senses. Because your senses are saying, all there is is world, all there is is physicality, that's all there is. <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, because it's El, I'll just throw in a little uh, uh, Litvish uh, 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 note, you know, that um, one of the things that all this farm talk about is that El, we should do a Chesh and Nefesh, and part of that is, you know, how much we we dedicate ourselves to Gashmias. You know, that's, that's, uh, we, have to, we have to try to make the Gashmias the Ayin and the Elokus the Yesh. That the, the real existence is Elokus. So that's. Well, Litvishavar was. Litvishapar was to say that Gashmias is. We're a little too connected to Gashmias sometimes. Very often. Anyway, let's read Vaiter. And even more, our senses will be subjugated, like you said, Rabbi Galib, not just uh, nullified, but subjugated to the thought of our heart so that them themselves will perceive God's holiness permeating all being. That's the truth. 
The truth of reality is that God's holiness permeates all being, which of course, I don't need to tell you, is the foundation of Hasidus. That's where the Baal Shem Tev expanded, expanded the domain of divine worship. The Baal Shem Tev came to the world to stress the truth that God is in everything, and you could find God in everything. Perusa is permeate? Huh? The Hebrew word perusa is to permeate? Huh, interesting. No, Prusa, probably the better translation would be um, spread over, spread spread over, up, spread yeah, over spread all over the being. All the reality. Yeah, yeah but, but the, I mean, spread over is like a weird... In Hebrew, it works. In English, I think permeates is better. He's not... He's not, he's not get, in other words, it's not a difference between... The Safari translation is Hashem's holiness spread over all creation. Spread is the literal spread. translation. Yeah. Spread is the literal, literal translation, but he means to say, like, when you walk out, in other words, without Avedis Hashem, if you look a beautiful nature scene, right? Hopefully you'll say, oh, God created something beautiful. Right? That's, that's the basic level of... But then with a lot of Avedis, with working on oneself, it's not that God created... You're seeing godliness in everything. It's like when a scientist looks at a table, he's seeing the molecules and atoms. Right when when a when a, a businessman you know uh, you know sees anything he's right away making a cheshbon how much money the guy's making right that's the way you see the world person in the fashion industry you see the world that way it's it's a different way of seeing the world so seeing godliness in everything is the truth the true way of seeing things then with our own eyes we will see that we are in God's garden Eden standing before God's throne of glory. And that's going to be, you'll see in the book, a lot of times he's going to say this, to picture that you're standing before God's throne of glory. And what does he mean to say, we're in God's garden, Eden? Standing, what does that mean, we're in God's garden? Lubavitcher Rebbe um, said, you know, his, the mimer, the Hasidic discourse that he became Rebbe with, is Basilagani, I've come to my garden. That's the Pasuk and Shir Shim, I've come to my garden, my sister, my bride. And the Rebbe, every year on the previous Rebbe's Yerotzeh, would say a mime on those words. But one time the Rebbe said that just from the title of the mime, Basilegan, you have to learn something. Because from the name of something, you have to learn something. So what could you learn just from the words Basilegani that God says, I've come to my garden? You learn that the world is God's garden. As he looked at it, he says, cooked of the veld, you see the world, and it could seem like a place where wild animals are, uh, uh, it's a jungle. You look at the world, it seems like a jungle sometimes. So, but we have to know it's God's garden. It's not a jungle. The Pneumius, inside everything is godliness. It's all God's garden, which he gets pleasure from. Right? It is precisely this that is the goal of our society. I'm going to stop over here. Shkoyach. Can you dab a minion? Yeah, sure. Okay, awesome.